This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Ipswich Town returns to league action, league action for the first time in 29 days at Portman Road, where they have a 100% record in the league, in the league this calendar year. So looking to get back to winning ways and kick our season back into gear. In the league, in the league, this is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodward and welcome to the pre-match show in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We go live every Thursday at 8pm on YouTube and are available on demand and on podcast shortly afterwards. And joining me as always to chat through town's weekend game, Seb Brown. Did the caveats in my intro make sense, Seb? Because there's a game that we shouldn't talk about. But actually, for the calendar year 2024, we've got a 100% winning record at home in the league. So... Make of that what you will. How you doing? What brilliant intro! Yeah, if you can just clarify one more time exactly what competition it is at the weekend, that would be yeah. uh, that would be great. Eye. No, I'm 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 good, thank you. I have fought off the blizzard of 2024 up here in North Wales that was basically rain despite all the school closures, and uh, and now that's out of the way. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Some football, yeah. Well, I'm sure we're going to get some weather chat from. I can see Michael's in the chat already. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like we need to raise the mood a little bit. You know. Um, last weekend, a little bit frustrating, obviously, and the weekend before that and all that kind of stuff. And I was on the TalkSport Fan Network podcast and they asked me a pretty innocuous question about the manager. And I went onto a huge, long, like, tirade or, like, moany, like, woe is me moment. Like, oh, he's, he's good. I don't want him to go. So I think, I feel like today, said we need to bring the energy up and, and try and make this a happy place. Um, football's great. Um there is some stuff though that we need to bitch and moan about we will come to that right in a second but let's say hello to the chat especially ashley who's burst up great to see you ashley thanks for joining us dan's here as well michael good day michael i'm not giving us the weather report yet but we'll wait and see um fbl tractor is here gary is here mw paul look at this all the great and the good nick all the telegram vips here charlie's with us address is here as well eric is here too. Tom, hello. Neil's here. Carl's here. Um, 
and Eric is here and Richard off oh. straight off the bat, Seb. And that's that's what we mean about starting with positivity. Super chat straight off the bat. Richard, thank you thank so you. much. We appreciate you. If you want to do likewise on YouTube, there's a button down in the super chat button in the chat. Um, but the thumbs up is also great currency for us as well. But thank you for your support of the podcast, Richard. We appreciate you, as we say. Sharon is here. Looking forward to the show tonight. Always. Have you done good research, Seb? I thought you were doing the research this week. Oh, okay. Well, Awkward. might be quick. No, we're in a good place. We've Seb is sorted. Hopefully it'll be good, Sharon. We'll give you the usual rundown and you can um you can pass off our work as your own in the stands on Saturday. Streaky's here. Good evening from a slightly damp north Suffolk. It's grim here too. Um Carl's got a bit of snow in Leeds. Well, here comes the weather report. Um pissed it down in you know, hashtag weather chat says uh, FBO tractor. Pissed it down in Frinton. Lovely. Uh, I think Michael means wet and steamy, but West and steamy will take that. And he's corrected himself. There we go. Um, um, it's the, it's time for the bit where we talk about news, Seb. Um, but I think I need to play this um, for old time's sake. And apologies if the levels were much louder than I remember it. Uh, for those listening on podcast and those who have only uh, recently subscribed, that's our uh, the old theme tune to our football feature uh, where, we, where we cast the crapness of the game into Football Room 101. And the two bits of news that we've got, so let's start with the most mundane and stupid, this kind of blue card sin bin nonsense. Uh, give me your thought on that what's the point what is the point why are you trying to fix an issue that doesn't exist it sounds stupid stop meddling with football it's pretty much okay the way it is i've got no desire to see sam morsey bring somebody down on the halfway line as they're breaking and have to go off the pitch for 10 minutes before he's allowed back on because all you'll do is sides will just shut up shop in that 10 minute period where they're down to a reduced number of people and it will kill kill off the spectacle of the game so yeah not for me stupid bigger issues to fix um don't try and fix an issue that simply at this point doesn't exist i presume you feel relatively similar do you yeah the issue that it's trying to solve is uh respect to the referees isn't it? it's dissent and that kind of stuff so but the they key have, they, they, they so, brought in the yellow card for swearing oh, at the ref years ago and no one follows it and no one you know it's just that's where i was gonna go you don't need a blue card you need a yellow card and you need to produce it as soon as a manager a coach anyone on the pitch um, kicks off, you book them. It's yeah. that simple. You don't need to fix this problem um, with something else. And as you know, Nick saying, why don't you focus on sorting VAR yeah. out instead? Very much and all so. that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I just think, um, I know it's it's kind of the the phrase is like if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of thing. We know football isn't perfect, but this is an issue that already has a as a resolution as as a as a fix. Don't make it complicated. Just get on. With is, it. This, is this really big an issue? A big issue in the in the debating talking points around football? I think it is might be that the, the officials get that that big compared maybe to maybe in the lower in the pyramid, or, Seb. Maybe, but I mean, yeah, potentially. But, you know, we were down, I know, I know professionally, we were down at League One level last year. I don't remember it being a massive issue. So, you know, what, what's what, what's the problem? Improve, like Gary says there, improve the quality of officiating, sort out VAR because that's a that's a complete mess. And it just seems if you had a page of 100 things that you need to fix in football, presumably the blue card scenario for being a cynical foul or being abusive to the referee is probably item 98 on the 100-point list. So, you know, park it, move on, and uh, and let's try and fix some of the real issues. And why is it blue? Well, why I guess they they'll, go against presume, blue? 
Oh, well, presumably, what can you go that's softer than a yellow? Is it for blue language? Is that you why can't, you can't give a green card because green is positive affirmation? Orange isn't card, it? So, surely, isn't it? But, but orange would be worse than a yellow, though, wouldn't it? Well, there you go. So, so brown card. <laughs> I don't care. It's stupid. Get rid of it. There you go. We've had our say. Crap. I think everyone in the chat Move on. similarly Rubbish. agrees with that. Similarly, um, things that can get in the bin um, are twelve thirty kickoffs more generally, and obviously more about that later because we're the twelve thirty kickoff, which is. Oh, grind my gears. I hate 12.30 kickoffs more generally. They just ruin the atmosphere. Always kind of a bit of a coupon buster as well. Not that that's a factor, but just it just ruins the spectacle having them so early. Another game, Seb, moving for telly is, is Cardiff away, one of our longest trips yeah. this season. Um, vent and moan about this. And because you know you're adjacent to Wales, as we always remind folk, there's rugby on Sunday for Six Nations, isn't there? There's lots yep. of logistical factors as to why this is a huge two fingers up to the fans rather than anything else. They don't care, do they? Logistically, you look at this, hotel rooms will be crazy money. The town will be bedlam. There is no point moving this game to make it more awkward for the town fans to get there. But it's what Sky do, and it's going to get worse. Isn't there a cutoff? Is it the start of April where you only have to give, is it like seven days notice? As, as the season concludes, I'm sure they can lower the, um, the the length of time they have to give notice. So, yeah, another one has moved. I mean, twelve, three o'clock. This is our first, sorry, our three o'clock, last three o'clock game at Portman Road. Was it the Coventry game or uh, in the in the Probably. League? And yeah. I was chatting to a Coventry fan on Twitter who said we haven't had a 3 p.m. Saturday home game since yeah. November ourselves. So that start of that start of December, and the next one must be off the top of my head, um, Birmingham um, on the yeah the end of this month. So you're talking nearly three months between three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday, and it's the world we live in. It's the trade off, isn't it? The more the more successful we get as a club, this is going to happen. If we do get promoted next year, three o'clock games on a Saturday oh, will be incredibly yeah. rare. Yeah, it, it will be the uh, the vast minority of the of the games. But it is just incredibly frustrating. That said, I'm a little bit happy because I was I'm planning to go to Plymouth, and I was kind of thinking that will definitely get moved for Sky just to really annoy me like Exeter did last year. So out of the two, I wasn't doing Cardiff. So every cloud. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we anyone who goes deserves two points for that, frankly. But, Absolutely. Um, that won't happen. Um, Neil, quite rightly, instead of... I, I mean, there's, there's some stronger words in the chat. And Richard, I see you. I, I feel you. I hope you can understand why I can't put your comment on the screen, but I totally know where you're coming from. Uh, Neil here put a law in banning Sky putting a TV game where traveling distance is over 100 miles. You know, they just don't care, do they? They, they, they don't kick care. off. Later kickoff kind of makes sense. That makes life yeah, yeah. a bit easier for folk. But yeah, as Trevor said, this is the price of success. It only gets that, that price, that cost only gets greater the further up the pyramid you go. So, and I think. Um, where is it? Apologies to Tom. Ask sort of a question about um, how much money we get out of this. Is I think it, when we ne get the next fans forum, if someone can inquire as to whether all of this logistical hoo ha, jiggery pokery, whatever word you want to call it, is worth it for the income. Um, and obviously the, inc the income gets in a world of FFP. It's helpful, isn't it? It is. And helpful. the TV deal next year is better as well. And all yeah, that stuff, it's, we have to accept it. You know, like they always criticise yeah. Jurgen Klopp, don't they? When he criticises the twelve thirty kickoff game for BT Sport after a Champions League midweek performance. If you accept the money for the TV deals, you kind of have to put up with the with the consequences, don't you? Yeah, Nick suggesting ten k for an away game. Yeah, so I think look, I think we've had our rant. Uh, do you feel better about ranting about blue cards in twelve thirty games yet, Seb? Or is yeah, it they're not both really stupid. Worked? Yeah. Yeah, so we've 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 vented a little bit. I hope you folks have too. Let's focus on more positive matters. Um, I guess frustrating matters really because ITFC women continue to put in good performances and the results just are not coming for whatever reason. But an opportunity to regroup away at Cheltenham on Sunday, if you're 
one of the Southwest crew and at a loose end. Um, I forget where it is. It's it's just north of Cheltenham. It's a, I think it's Bishop's Cleave, I think is the name. Um, so get down and support the tractor girls. I think it's, it's you know, it's rebuilding. Um, the season is not over, um, but it's going to take some kind of mathematical miracles at the moment. But what we want is to finish the season strong for the summer, um, regroup, etc. So get behind the team, get down to Bishop's Cleve or Cheltenham, wherever it is on Sunday. Um, and obviously games at the AGL coming up as well. So please give them your support. Let's talk to West Brom on Saturday, then at 1230. Before this little stutter that we've had over Christmas, um, one of the more chastening experiences that you and I have had watching Ipswich in the last few years. You, you, a man of great vintage away days of recent years. Me, more of a less frequent flyer. But that West Brom away game at the Hawthorns before Christmas was a bit of a tough one to take, wasn't it? Didn't lay a glove on them, did we? They schooled us properly. They scored goals at the right time. I mean, conceding from that early corner after, was it five, four, five minutes? That was a real killer because the kind of side they are, which we'll discuss, they are set up to defend leads, aren't they? They were happy for us to have the ball, sit on the halfway line. They would get themselves organised, get themselves compact and say, try and break us down. And, and we just couldn't. And I guess if we concede if we score early in the second half maybe it's a different game but we conceded two minutes into after the restart and yeah I don't think we laid a glove on them that night I think they did a job on us um and they are very very impressive at the Hawthorns there's no there's no kind of you know we, we came away from it and we said didn't we if we can follow this up with wins against was it Millwall and somebody oh, else yeah. pretty quickly afterwards and we did we were on a on a winning run Watch again which is what we've what we've tended to do obviously we bounced back quite well um from from adversity um so yeah they just scored us that night they were better than us in pretty much every aspect scored us a little bit kind of tactically and um and the one thing you don't want to do against a Carlos Corberan well organized West Brom side is go behind early isn't it yeah, and give them something to hold on to. And and the yeah. goals were very, you know, very akin to the kind of goals that we've conceded of late as well, weren't they? Um, you know, not stopping the cross, um, not getting uh, in front of the ball at a set piece, uh, and then just caught yeah, out really as well, yeah. weren't we? So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, probably a few weeks, months ago, maybe, a lot of people weren't really focusing on West Brom, but um, they have consolidated the kind of position in the in the kind of two remaining playoff spots as it were and a lot of credit's got to go to Carlos Corbran for for doing that very highly rated manager Seb and you know the Corbran effect as it were is in full swing at West Brom isn't it yeah, they're kind of the best of the rest. That's what I've titled them on the on the script, aren't they? You know, they're they're not good enough to be in this shootout for for the automatics. Um, they kind of their last year of parachute payments last year, so a bit of a a reset both on and off the pitch for them this year. Um, and I think the reason we did the we did our recap with Gab in midweek, and we did the one to twenty fours in the summer, and I think I put them in the playoffs or just outside the playoffs, I think. And it was pretty much all because of the manager. I think you put a different manager in charge of this side, and I wouldn't have had them anywhere near as high at the table. I think Corberan is a is an excellent manager at this level um obviously got a track record with with Huddersfield and stuff and I, I think he's the main reason they are in there punching and they're gonna have to it's kind of bunched up a bit the table hasn't it in the last few weeks they're kind of fifth I, I thought they would comfortably see out fifth um and they would have kind of a bit of a buffer to, to sixth and it'll be a host of clubs fighting for that sixth place but it has tightened up recently mainly because of West Brom's really poor away form and their inability to win at sides that are hunting them down away from the Hawthorns which we'll come on to um they just need a bit of consistency I I, I had them nailed on for that fifth space but maybe in recent weeks given how things have gone they might have been a bit of a battle I think yeah a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team home and away aren't they do you want to give us the the form guide as things stand certainly as you said fifth in the league 48 points one just you know about half their games haven't they and a 
positive goal difference. But um, talk to us about the form in the last five and then talk to us about the away form as well, Seb. Yeah, so overall, home and away, they're sixth in the five-game form table with three wins and two losses. The wins were all at the Hawthorns. Nice. This will become a, a common a common kind of um, uh, theme. They are very good at the Hawthorns and pretty poor when they're away on the road. So the, the wins were at home to Leeds, impressive. Blackburn and Birmingham, okay, probably two sides they probably should be beating. Lost away to Swansea, which looks a, a poor result given how open they've been recently since the new manager came in. Lost away to Norwich, um, as well. And this away form is just surprisingly poor. It's 15 points from 14 games. Go on, you're going to say something. I oh, know. I just, I'm, I'm a fan of patterns and my intro hopefully is now becoming clear as well, folks. Um, win, lose, win, lose, win. Mm. And they're, and they are win at home, lose away, win at home, lose away, win at home, lose away. Hopefully on Saturday, that's what we want, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah much, is it maybe a surprise that, they haven't got more on the road. Maybe a team that's maybe set up to draw away from home and these marginal moments, perhaps, you know, some some goals that should have maybe happened that didn't um, in the recent games, particularly Borough away and uh, Swansea, they were quite unlucky. Norwich as well, second half, I think, battered them a little bit. But they're not turning those those kind of dominant moments into into results and it becomes a problem, doesn't it? And yeah, the record in the last five away, just in isolation, the away game, Seb, also pretty poor, isn't it? Yeah, four defeats in the last five, and they've lost the last three on the bounce on the road. So the defeats were Sw- uh, not Norwich, Swansea, Middlesbrough, and Sunderland. And that's why I mentioned at the start about the chasing pack behind them. The fact they couldn't beat Norwich, couldn't beat Sunderland, couldn't beat Middlesbrough, even couldn't get points from them, does suggest they've got a problem and they are being properly closed down by that by that chasing pack. And I think unless they sort out this away form, even make it slightly acceptable. You know, like I said, 15 points from 14 games is is what? It's relegation form away from home, isn't it? A point a game, roughly. It's not going to do any, any club any trees across a season and all they have to do is tweak that ever so slightly and turn that into 1.2 1.3 points away from home and they'll probably sit quite comfortably in fifth and can prepare for a playoff campaign against Lust, Leeds, Lampton, whoever doesn't make it in the in the three in the four-way shootout at the top the the home form is is very strong but this away form is a real conundrum for them maybe left it a bit late against Birmingham last time out do you want to give us some information about oh, that it one? wasn't a classic was it yeah not 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 a classic one. 85th minute winner from new signing Andreas Weimann they signed him from Bristol City in the window X Villa can play right can play left can play through the middle if need be um, 50% possession 10 shots 2 on target the XG hello XG fans uh, not overly um, not overly different it was 0.71 for West Brom 0.68 for Birmingham I watched the highlights you know when you watch highlight a 2 minute highlight clip and the first thing is like a 30-yard kind of one that trickles through to the goalkeeper that it's not going to be a classic game. And that was very much what it was. But they got the job done at home, as they have tended to do so far this season. Yeah, and you wonder whether Morgan probably made that into a bit of a slog for them because taking them on, um, probably not. And it nearly worked, didn't it? Taking them on, probably not a strategy to, unless you want to get spanked there. They've got an amazing home form, haven't they, there? Uh, we talked about um, Carlos Corbrand. Let's, let's very quickly deal with that. I mean... Uh, where does he rank for you in the in championship managers list? Uh, well, McKenna for me in this league, McKenna is obviously top. Um, I think he's in the top three, I would suggest. I mean, uh, me and Ben had this discussion. Can you really kind of rate Maresca based on the kind of cheat code he has at Leicester? Yeah. We're, we're not sure if you can rate him. This is Russell Martin's in there as well, obviously. I think my top three would be McKenna, Russell Martin, and then probably Corberan, given the you know the, the 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 relative resources he has compared to certainly the three 
parachute sides. I think he's doing an excellent job there, as he has done when he was at Huddersfield previously. You know, he's, he's known yeah. taking this Huddersfield side to Wembley, loses to Forest, unluckily in the playoff final. Uh, I think they were denied a fairly blatant penalty by by VAR. Came through, had, had a spell at Leeds in charge of the academy, didn't he? He moved out to um, was it Greece? He went to I think. Yeah, Olympiacos. Did get sacked from there, but he gets appointed at the start of last season, the October of last season. They started with with Steve Bruce. They were in all kinds of trouble. I think they were second bottom, a few points away from safety. He comes in, wins nine out of the first 10 games, nearly gets them into the playoffs. He's nearly got a 50% win ratio of his 65 games in charge, averaging 1.65 points per game, which gets you 76 across a full season, which is, what, comfortably fourth or fifth, I'd imagine, in a, in a, in normal, a normal season. season in a normal season, one. gets you into the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. Linked with Leeds when they got rid of Jesse March. Was it when they brought in Big Sam, or was it when they got rid of, I don't know, when Jesse March left, I think they were rumours that he would go back there, having been a, an academy coach there. But he stayed, he signed a new contract with with West Brom and yeah I think he's a really impressive manager and probably in my top three in the league am I being too too praiseful there and do you do you no, hold him similarly high esteem or is he not as high up the list for you I mean you've got to give enough respect to Farker I know it's horrible to say that as Ipswich fans but but look at seems, the resources he's got oh, of course but he's still got to get them up and there's enough there's enough parachute teams including his old club we hope who are lum, you know lingering around the mid table and and can't mm. you know can't and can't get upwardly mobile so you know we can't dismiss actual promotion credentials from a manager but yeah in terms of you know we like a young up and coming manager and they're kind of Martin McKenna Corbran kind of tick the box as kind of the studious development kind of coaches don't they um where Spark has got his leather jacket and his um and his guys he loves his guys um but yeah um, Mogger's un- underrated I think I think Mogger gets in the in the top 10 for me but oh very yeah, a, easily easily but the elite of, the top the top five yeah what's yours the three parachute sides us and Corberon presumably yeah I think I don't think you can go too far wrong I mean Russell Martin's not yet achieved anything but has a, yeah, but this know, a really well-established philosophy doesn't he which yeah. is also important seemingly in the current era so yeah i don't think you can do too far wrong with those those three let's talk about um football history when it comes to ipswich and west brom because i i dug this out i think someone tweeted us earlier about it and i happened upon it when i was checking through the um trying to find kind of good moments against West Brom at home. There's a point between the 20th of October 1984 through to the 13th of September 2003 where West Brom failed to beat us across 25 games and all but one of them was in the league as well. So, um, And then and then they beat us five games in a row Seb, after that. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, you know, I, th- I think that's home and away, by the way, not just at Portman Road. But, you know, it's a team where we've got a decent overall record against them, haven't we? But they probably had the, the better success in terms of pyramid success than we have of late. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, recently, in terms of our history, it's 34 wins for us, 17 draws and 23 West Brom wins. Like you say, they've kind of been, they were the poster child for a bit in the Premier League, weren't they? Of kind of the side that went up, got the payments came back down rebuilt went up again and managed to kind of stay up there but I guess as these Premier League sides who are fighting for survival know it's, it only takes one summer of, of bad recruitment or a poor managerial choice and you can very easily get sucked back down there the um, the overall record like I say yeah we, we are out in front um, at Portman Road though we've not beaten them for a little while the last time we won was a League Cup game under Roy Keane just but it was the game before the famous Arsenal semi-final it was before Christmas I think it was snowing if I remember rightly and we win 1-0 with a Grant Ledbitter penalty but the last win in the league at Portman Road was in uh, on New Year's Day in 2008. Oh, I remember so that's, it. 
that's Magilton's second season, the year we were amazing at Portman Road and awful on the road. We won 2-0, Jason DeVos and David Wright with the goals. And you know what I'm going to do oh, now, man. don't you? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Which one do you want? Do you want the one you were at or do you want the... Did you go to the League Cup game? No. Okay, so pick the... The League Cup game's a bit of an outlier. Well, can I buy myself some players. time? Because there's, there's some stuff in the chat we can put up um, and maybe... You're just get waiting your... for people to put names in the chat. No, well, I'm, I'm, I need some... I need, it's Danny yeah. Haynes in there. Danny Haynes is my first name. Um, Eric gets the um, in the QI kind of thing on the on the back wall, the the white text, yeah, the semi-final of the FA Cup. Obviously, uh, Chris ran the 7-0 Mariners debut, I think, is if that's what you're talking about. Um, Neil talks about a 7-0 and a 6-1 in the 70s and 80s. And Neil remembering that too. Highbury78 says, Ian, yeah, um, tick in the box there. Um, and yeah, um, there you go. Uh, Mariners' first goal for Ipswich that night. And Wymark's good for uh, more recent vintage. Um, if you're a millennial, um, 5 0 win in January 1997. I can't remember that game at all. I have no I, recollection of that game. The only reason I remember it is because the West Brom fans were joining in with um, chants with the home fans. It was so oh, okay. depressing for them to watch. It was kind of gallows humour and it was quite. You know, an enjoyable, uh, obviously, afternoon for us because we were five and up. But interesting attendance, Seb. Two games in a row in that season, and this is the second, where the attendance was under 10,000. Can you imagine such a time? Um, and that's, now, the, that's the season we lose to Sheffield United in the playoffs, isn't yes, it? So it wasn't it like we were, you know, in a relegation scrap or something. That seems, I know it was a smaller ground back then. What was the capacity? 22,000 back then, wasn't yeah. it? But yeah, still, still really, yeah, really surprisingly low numbers. I remember Neil Midgley scoring in his debut. I yes, 3-1. In the promotion season, yeah, I remember that one. Um, I yeah. remember Horsfield scoring a ninety-plus minute winner in a playoff kind of shootout in the uh, the Easter of the two thousand and three-four season. I think it was he got a very late winner. Yeah, the one all draw. That's when uh, Majorton pushed Johnson in the face and Matty Holland scored. And yeah, yeah, yep. Um, I'm I've, I still can't. Um, all right, I'm gonna have to. Well, I'm really happy because no one's put any names in the chat. No, so your so plan I'm has completely screwed. failed. So you did get Danny Haynes. Yeah, so I think it's a 4-3-3 formation and you've got one of the wingers. This is Magilton's yeah. second. This is about two months after Marcus Evans buys into the club. So we don't have Macaulay and Norris at this point? No. Um, uh, uh, Liam Trotter? No. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, get in there. Well um, done, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, Jamie Peters? Um, no, I gave you two of the goal scorers when you're not listening. Yeah, I, yeah. I just you seem to be might be playing winger that day rather than David Wright right back. Um, oh man, this is tough. Goalkeeper, I rated the goalkeeper. I really liked him. Saved a penalty in his penultimate game. Neil Alexander. That's the one. Yeah, love Neil Alexander. Rangers the next Great day, show. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So David Wright was the right back. DeVos was one of the centre backs. So another centre back alongside DeVos. Oh wow! Free transfer. One of, no, no, right. one of Magilton's first signings. I think might have even been the very first signing. Free oh, transfer. Wow. Famous dad. Oh, Alex Bruce. Adam, yeah, there Thank you go. You. Yeah. Dan I Harding. You'll get. I don't know. I don't think you'll get the left, left back. It's it was Cito Castro. Do you remember? Oh, was it? Yeah, of yeah, course. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. You would have got him. Uh, two more central midfielders. Yeah, I'm gonna need a little bit of help. Uh, one was an academy prospect who moved to Palace and played in the Premier League for a while. Retired young, classy player, left-footed on the ball, could pick a pass. Oh, Owen Garvin. Owen Garvin, yep. Uh, one was signed from West Ham. We paid a fee for him. Never really got going. I think he was one of the infamous infamous Amsterdam trip people. Wow, no. Gavin That's Williams. Good. Gavin Williams, yeah, okay. And then you've got two more. You've got the, the main striker, 
and the uh, the 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 other winger. Who's I wonder who Neil is suggesting here? Gar Gargantuan. Gargantuan. <laughs> um, who's that? Sorry, I missed that clue. Uh, help me out in the chat, by the way, folks. Uh, the, on this one of the wingers was signed from a club very close to me up here. Went on to have a brilliant career in the Premier League. Lee at Martin level. No. 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 Lee Martin, that that amazing Premier League career that Lee Martin Signed had. Yeah, I must have missed that. Where you near very you. close to me after after we played them in an FA Cup game. Oh, John Walters. Yes, and the main striker, one of Dave's favourite players. Oh man, Pablo. Who's better, Shefki or yeah? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Goodness me, that was really difficult. I've kind of put that era back. I remember the game because it was around Christmas time, wasn't it? Was it New Year's Day? Or it's something? New Year's Day. Yeah, it's New Year's yeah. Day. So that the that, that month is the first window under Marcus Evans when the likes of the Macedonian Stephen Gerrard signs, David Norris signs, Alan Quinn signs, and we start spending some money. As Jack Swan wow. says there, yeah, as someone who plays a lot of Football Manager 2007, those names bring back <laughs> some great memories. Classic town, yes. Right, well, let's move away from things, quizzes that I suck at and let's talk <laughs> more about uh, West Brom. Key arrivals, Seb, a little bit of business. We mentioned um, Andy Vyman joining from Bristol City on loan, 32-year-old striker, 83 goals in nearly 450 career appearances, so very experienced. Yep. Um, a couple of maybe less-known names joined on loan as well, all loans, by the way. Yeah, they haven't spent any money. They've still got this weird kind of thing going off the pitch where they're they're borrowing money from a, from a holdings company to provide working capital to, for the day to day running of the club. Uh, the chairman Lai does want to sell, doesn't he? And he's he's kind of actively talking to people, and they've they seem to have been in this kind of stage of potential buyout for what feels like about a year now, um, but nothing progressing. So I assume that's why most of the business in the summer was, uh, uh, sorry, in the in the winter just gone, was loans. As you said, Andrew Vyman joined. Uh, Mickey Johnston came in from Celtic. He's a left winger slash left forward. 24-year-old Republic of Ireland international. 10 goals in 85 career appearances. Was involved in the winner against Birmingham last weekend. And Callum Marshall from West Ham. He signed a new three or four-year deal with West Ham and then got loaned to them. He's a striker. 19-year-old, three senior caps for uh, for Northern Ireland. A couple of departures. As we know, Mr. Sarmiento was recalled by Brighton and sent to ourselves. He made 20 appearances for them, only seven starts. He came on, didn't he, at the Hawthorns, if I remember rightly. He came on halfway through the, the second half. He's also gone recalled from by his parent club and ended up here. And they sold Taylor Gardner-Hickman, who's a right-back, for 1.5 million quid to Bristol City. He was on loan there for the first half of the season, and they've just made that permanent to get a bit of money bit of money in the books, I guess, while this potential takeover is, uh, is ongoing. There were lots of rumours, weren't there, about potential fire sale and people were hoping some of their better assets might get picked off, but that hasn't happened yet. And I guess if they can get a buyout done before the summer, they can regroup and go again. Regroup, the word of the pod, isn't it? Mikey Johnson, uh, keep a lookout for him. I think Corbron's a big fan of his and keen to get him involved um, on loan from Celtic, as Seb mentioned as well. So uh, hashtag good pedigree. Yeah. Um, I think he will be maybe a threat if he starts, um, as Chris mentioned, and uh, we need to bill chris is for predictions he's an absolute stormer um so stay tuned for that if you're uh, similar to seb and like it when i screw up and have bad weeks i've had the mother of all crap weeks in predictions at the same time as chris having an epic one um he talks about a really tricky winger that they had at the hawthorne sarmiento um yeah what more about him later on chris let's talk about style of play then uh, i mean we were very familiar after the game at the Hawthorns. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount of difference home and away, Seb. Um, and in terms of, you know, they try to play pro a progressive style, but maybe more compact, containing. You'll see the banks yeah. of four, won't you? Uh, yeah. Particularly when they're in a defensive phase. But, um, you know, it's a lot to like and, you know, successful for Corbyn, isn't it, the style of play? 
Yeah, in terms of passes per sequence and getting the ball forward, it's pretty similar to us. They're probably the closest on all the various graphs and metrics to us in the division. Um, they are compact. They are disciplined. Like you said, the worst thing, as we said at the start of the show, if you go 1-0 down to them and give them something to hang on to, those kind of two banks of four, they, they kind of alternate between a 4-2-3-1 and a 4-4-1-1. And either way, if you go behind, suddenly you're going to find those, those banks set up. They're going to let you have the ball up until the halfway line. I remember there being very little space in central midfield at the mm. at the game of the Hawthorns. A lot of stuff was coming down the sides. I think the, the cross for the opener came down the side. The um, um, the one where the, it was, uh, Matt Phillips missed an absolute sitter in the second afternoon. That came from a crossing as well. Um, so the, the central of the park is kind of a, a real battleground. Um, they are fifth lowest for pressing action, so they're not overly press heavy, but against Leicester, they did go man for man and press very high. And I just wonder, having seen what happened to us at Deepdale last Saturday, they, will they adapt things slightly and do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, the, if you watch back the goals, certainly Johnny Rose second for Norwich a few weeks ago, uh, the goal for Borough as well. There's a, there's, they do back off. They do give mm. teams time on the ball, and um, they also get caught quite high. Norwich um, first goal, Josh Sargent um, completely through, but you know he's he's onside about just inside West Brom's half. So you know we'll talk about the back pair. Maybe not the quickest, but definitely physical. But yeah, expect those banks of four, those lines, uh, quite compact, as you said. Um, but it will be interesting. The fullbacks to see will you... be disciplined. The fullbacks, they're not really yeah. bombing on. They're more stay at home kind of fullbacks yeah. in Connor Townsend on the left and, and Darnell, um, Furlong. Darnell Furlong on, yeah. the, on the right. They they will get forward, but primarily their job will be, you know, to make themselves solid and and kind of really to clutter up that side of the pitch. Yeah, it's to get the ball out to the likes of Jed Wallace, isn't it? And yes. for him to cross it in, you know, crosses yep. will be big. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting uh, and maybe something to keep a lookout for if they match us like for like, won't they? And, and or um, go for that high press after after Preston and um, how that worked for them. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Uh, uh, key personnel, Seb, do you want me to um, get this one or do you reckon you're confident? I've got it written down, so I'll get it right this time because I did both the pre-match and the flagship show for West Bromway and I kept coming up with variations. I remember Ben Thomas, Asante, Barande, Asante Thomas. I think I did it so well by the end, Dave was doing the same thing, so we were both getting (laughs) the name wrong. So I was quite proud of myself that night. He's the main man, the striker. Nine goals, two assists so far this season. They're a bit sparse up front given AFCON going on and and injuries and stuff. So he's been leading the line. He's quick. He works hard. He's strong. I was quite impressed with him in the the Hawthorns game. I thought he led the line well and was a bit of a pest. kind of will work his way out to the channels and, and, and look to pick up the ball and make things happen. So he's quite impressive. Jed Wallace, you mentioned a minute ago, I think he put the ball in for, I think it was him that missed the, no, he put the cross in for Matt Phillips who missed the sitter. He had a really good game that night. He's been playing on the right in the 4-2-3-1 behind the striker. Impressive against us at the Hawthorns. Three goals, three assists. John Swift, ex-Reading, I think. Yeah, playing in the number 10 role. I think he was just coming back from injury in that November game. I think I remember him coming on. Likes to drift out to the left-hand side and pick up the ball. Go on. Also likes to linger on the penalty spot so look out for the crosses down the side from the fullbacks bombing on or the likes of Wallace um they will pick it back to him on the, the edge of the Chapman area kind of roll and, and he won't be running onto it he'll be he'll be there already um that's a area of the pitch he likes to linger on so keep a lookout from there Six goals so far this and an assist so far this season. The central midfield, like I mentioned, it's hardworking, it's industrious. You've got OK Yokosulu, I'll say, Turkish uh, player, and Alex Moat. Um, They'll be the two central midfielders. That was he was good against us, wasn't he? Yeah, that was a real battle. They schooled Morsi and Luong. I know it was Taylor, wasn't it? Taylor, yeah. Yeah, I forgot it was Taylor and, and Morsey that night, wasn't it? They kind of did school them a little bit. They average 115 touches between them per 90 minutes. So they do like to get on the ball and kind of look to look to dominate from the centre of the park. And equally, they will provide the the screen. If they do get into, into the lead, they'll be sitting there and trying to say to them, come on, try, try and break us down. Alex Palmer's a pretty decent keeper, isn't he? He's got the most Ooh. clean sheets in the league, 13. Eight of them have come at the Hawthorns. Five have come on the road. So he holds the record for the best. His saves prevented and his saves presented shots weren't, weren't that amazing, but they They've got these thirteen, uh, these thirteen clean sheets, which is testament to the players he's got in front of him. Two absolute units at centre half. Cedric Kipre is six foot four. Kyle Bartley is six foot three. Um, Let's grow ourselves a lanky goggle-eyed freak. Sorry, Keo. So that to his face, I dare you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The two fullbacks, I think, are in excess of six foot as well, six foot, six foot one. So it is a very big back four. We discussed last week how it's going to be a physical game, and that's what it's going to be. Um, they are also the old, I think the signing of Andreas Weiman has pushed them over. They have replaced Sheffield Wednesday as the oldest average squad in the league at 27.3 years old. They've moved 0.1 <laughs> years ahead of Sheffield Wednesday. And I think it's the signing of uh, 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 Weiman that's done it for them. So it is an old squad. It's a squad that if they don't get promoted this season, and they will have to have a bit of you know a rethink and kind of look to look to reshuffle things a little bit. They've got Daryl DK, a name some of you might remember from that amazing Barnsley season under under Valeron Ishmael a few years ago. He was on loan from Orlando, scored a load of goals. West Brom paid eight million quid for him. He's working his way back from a really serious injury. He's made three appearances off the bench, um, so he'll be a bench option on Saturday. And they've got some players missing: Josh Madger from Sunderland till I die. Do you remember the young academy prospect who I think went to? Yeah, went to France. He's out till April. Matt Phillips is out till April. Martin Kelly's out long term. And they've got two players away at at AFCON. They've got Sammy Ajay, the centre-half, another big unit we know him from his Rotherham days. And uh, Grady Diagana, who scored the second goal. uh, Diagana. That's the one. Um, they're both away with Nigeria and the Democratic Republic of Congo, and they um, they're still in Afcon. One's in the final, one's in the semi, uh, in the third place playoffs. So they won't be featuring on the weekend. Dn gonna score in the game at the Hawthorne. Yeah, he got the breakaway right? goal yeah, at the start of the second half. Yeah, okay, um, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and and let's throw let's finish off as we usually do some things to look out for we mentioned possession wise you know not particularly high about 50 percent it's no different at home in a way really um but yeah some attacking stats Seb, and maybe this this illustrates the point about why they're not picking up goals and points on the road yeah, the attacking stats are just they're just poor. Sixteen goals scored away from the Hawthorns is the fifteenth in fifteenth best in the league, if you want to say the what ninth worst. Um ten goal uh, ten shots taken away from home is sixteenth, so they're not a side that gets many shots off. Only three of those are on target, and that's twentieth, so that's incredibly poor as well. But given the size, as we've just mentioned with their centre halves and their central midfielders, they have scored five goals from set pieces, which is the seventh best in the league, and they are the most crossing side in the division as well. They average twenty crosses per away game with an average of six being accurate, which is also the highest in the division. So the likes of, yeah, Jed Wallace, whoever plays on the left, they've got a, a, a young kid. I think it's... Um, Townsend will be over there as well. Yeah, yeah or um, the guy on loan from Celtic, Johnston, whoever plays yep. in those wide positions will be flinging the balls in for the likes of DK off the bench, Thomas Asante, Asante Thomas, Brandon, my mate Brandon. Um, he'll be looking to throw himself at the ball as well. So expect a lot of crosses, which might come on to, we'll discuss our side, what we might do at, uh, at centre-half. Defensive-wise, they are pretty good. Only 16 goals conceded away from home is the fourth best in the division. Only 11 uh, shots conceded per game is also the fourth best. And this one surprised me a little bit. Only nine fouls per game away from home is the third fewest in the league. Do you think that suggests maybe they're not streetwise enough? They've got this poor away form, obviously. Do you think that's a really quick, easy fix you could do before the blue card comes in and ruins it? (laughs) Could you be a little bit more streetwise and uh, and look a bit more cynical fouls, maybe to get yourselves out of a bit of a hole away from home? I don't think that's the issue, Seb. Away from home, I, the issue is take is converting chances. You know they create enough, as you mentioned, a high number of crosses. And then, by the way, as I mentioned, the crosses will be low, not just high played for players in the air. Look out for you know pe- players running into the box. Or, Stop saying this because it's going to happen now. Well, I'm this warning. Like to predict a goal I'm, scorer or a player well, to watch I could, it would I always could, happen. I could only do so much, guys. I'm give. I'm throwing this out there. Uh, if you're listening, uh, ITFC analytics department, then um, you need to get your midfielders to sit in on John Swift. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think in League One, Sam, I, th- I think that's the kind of criticism you level at a team in League One, but at a championship level, I'm not sure it matters a great deal. I don't know. Let us know in the chat what you think. Uh, should teams be more foully away from home in the championship? Uh, and in, in that um, vein, Seb, referee, give us your thoughts on this because we've had a few select group officials. David Coote is the man in the middle on Saturday. Uh, last time out, he was refing Spurs v Brentford, the 3 2 win for Spurs. There, he's, re- he's ref two championship games um, uh, Stoke. Nil, Sheffield Wednesday one with seven yellow cards and a penalty. Sunderland five, Southampton nil from earlier in the season, four yellows in there. Uh, do you think uh, select referees are, are worth it without the VAR? No, they're crap. No, they're crap. We had Anthony Taylor in the Maidstone game. We missed the penalty on Edmondson, the foul in the build-up to the uh, the second goal. We had, what was the guy last week? I can't, Graham Scott, was it last week? Whatever his name was. Who didn't give a single yellow card despite several opportunities for it. The officials oh, missed, missed the, the offside. Yeah, missed the uh, offside, the, missed the pass. For the second goal, yeah. Missed the, the back pass thing. So, yeah, I just think these, these level of referees are so reliant on VAR they let stuff go in the hope that if they have made an error it'll get clawed back by the people sitting at, at Stockley Park or wherever they are and I just yeah I, not for me so far they have not proved themselves to be elite in any single way <laughs> hopefully we'll have a different a different one on Saturday but the the the, the evidence so far is not proving overly uh, endearing 
No, so David Coote, you've got to set the standard on Saturday. Yeah, and come you know on, what? David. Just sort be better it out. than the other two. David. David. Yeah. Um, thank you to the folks over on Facebook who have given us a thumbs up. Matt, Chris, Mark, Gary, Muzz, Mark, Jason, Elliot. We see you and we thank you for your thumbs up over on Facebook. Please do likewise on YouTube as well. Nudges this up. Um, the league nerdy league data league tables that I seem to care about and no one else. Um, but might drag a few people over to the chat because we've still got plenty of time left. We are going to talk about us next as well. So get your thoughts. And if you've got a question for Seb or a question for me before we get to the predictions, very happy to hear that. And your thoughts on team selection as well, which is where we're going to go to. But worth um, drawing your attention to a few bits and pieces. The Greyhound will be open from 9.30 on Saturday with their usual breakfast baps, including vegetarian options and I think vegan options as well. I might be wrong there. Definitely a veggie option though, isn't there? And so, yeah, head down there if you're looking for a good um, bit of pre-match venue and a great place to be any time of the week, frankly, if you're based in Ipswich. Uh, we've got our promo with NordVPN. There's a link in the description if you're uh, listening or watching on YouTube. Um, I, I think it's a few months off and other discounts that I can't really figure out. Um, but if you are not able to get to the game and you want to find another way to watch it, then um, that might be the way to do it. I've, I've said as much as I need to say. Um, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee as well from Nord there as well. So um, uh, what more could you want? Flagship show back Sunday, 8 p.m. live. As always, uh, we'll be talking about the game after the fact. And it's the Holy Trinity, the three wise men, Ben, Dave, and Joe will be back for that one. And um, because we know that you guys want some love on Valentine's Day, it looks like we will have a post-Millwall show on Wednesday night on Valentine's Day for you as well. So do keep a lie on our socials at Blue Monday ITFC on Twitter slash X or bluemondayitfc.co.uk is our website. Everything you want is there. Um, and also check out our show with Gab as well, our championship uh, kind of recap with Gab. Um, thumbs up, five-star rating, all that great stuff. Let's talk about Ipswich then, Seb. I think probably there's an easy decision and a more difficult decision. Um, the easy decision is Kiefer Moore starts, doesn't he? 100%. Yeah, yep. absolutely has to, unless unless he's injured himself in training or something. Oh, I think he'll he's manifested crap now. <laughs> I think he will start pretty much every game between now and the end of the season if he's fit, because the difference he made last Saturday was 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 absolutely epic. And yeah, against those centre-halves, you can 100% need him, because although we've said they've got six foot four, six foot three centre-halves, we have a six foot five battering ram who absolutely bullied Preston's centre-backs for 45 minutes of the weekend. And he's now at a full week on the pitch, learning the patterns of play, honing that precision cross from Leaf Davis. So yeah, 100% he will start up front and I think he will batter them to pieces. <laughs> Lovely stuff. The more difficult choice is whether Sarmiento faces his old club uh, or whether Nathan Broadhead comes back in. What say you, Seb? I think I'd go Broadhead because it's a home game for one. And the last couple of sub-appearances, you know, the, the clever drop of the shoulder and the pass into Davis for the first goal, the one we looped, where he looped it to the back post, that came from Broadhead kind of showing a bit of awareness. It would have been easy to get the shot off because he picked the ball up fairly centrally, but he took that extra touch, dropped the shoulder, played Davis in and got a got a pre-assist, something you love. So I think being a home game as well, Broadhead might well come back in. Sarmiento, he, he looked for the ball constantly at the weekend, but he just wasn't quite at it. I know it's against his, not his parent, it's his old club, but he's, he's not going to have any real kind of affinity to them I don't think so I think I'd go broadhead um, and obviously Kiefer Moore up front and then I guess centre half is an interesting one because mm. obviously Wolfenden's done well 
Edmondson has been brilliant since the Stoke game, own goal at the weekend, um, offside, so I guess kind of irrelevant. But Cameron Burgess will now be back, won't he, from Australia. I assume he got back earlier in the week and he, he must be good to go. What would you do given the size of their centre-backs, the size of their team, their set-piece threat? Do you bring him straight back in the way that McKenna brought in Emerson a couple of times for specific tactical reasons? Um it's harsh on Edmondson because he has been really good and he does tend to dominate in the ball, uh, dominate the ball in the air. He's strong in the in in the in the aerial challenge, but Burgess gives, just gives that balance, doesn't he, and that extra bit of physicality. What would you do? Yeah, well, Nick's made a good point here, um, and Massimo Longo talked about it in terms of his decision to retire from international football and the deconditioning because he's not played, is he, Burgess? Hardly at all, I don't think. I think he started um, one game, didn't he? So he's going to have to get back up to speed, I think. I, if he was, if you knew that he was basically match fit, I'd have him in because I like the balance of the left and right side, and I think there's some good aerial um, dominance that he can maybe have there as well. Um, and as Michael says here, um, makes Leaf Davis a better player perhaps as well. I just think it's a gamble if you're not 100 sure he's fit. Um, and therefore, probably here we but are. But it's not a position you can bring him on for twenty minutes. So how does he get fit if you don't? No, play? You, you maybe bring him on, don't you? I think you you have to give him ten minutes, twenty minutes, and then. But it's not it's not a position you can really do that, is it? Center off? No, but I think because he's comfortable in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if he has his own fitness program um, while he's getting back up to match fitness as well. So I think we'll be putting him through the through the mill, as it were, to get up to speed. But I think this game is probably too soon, and given the fixtures get a little bit more friendly. Maybe this is one game where you don't want to take that risk, particularly given some of the issues. Albeit, I know that the personnel is is the same as Preston, but you'd like to think we've learned our lessons a little bit from Preston, Seb. I mean, this is the more general question that I was going to get to, um, and a lot of folk, you know, Charlie's put it here. If we could see an early goal, the game's over. I mean, well, that's the concern, we've, isn't we've it? Got, yeah, like if, we've got a good if, bounce back ability, haven't we? So we know that it's not always it's not as extreme maybe as Charlie sets out there but this becomes a pattern doesn't it and it becomes psychological so what what do we do about that I mean this is a big question that McKenna and his team are trying to figure through but you know, what what would you do Seb it's, it's difficult you can't just say don't play sit keep it tight for 15 minutes because we're a team that wants to attack yeah that's not how we play football we'll continue passing out from the back and that's how well drilled we are and that's what we'll do and as I said on the flagship show two goals conceded in 18 months from directly playing out from the back I'm okay with that given how many we kind of we score off it we do have to find a way to stop giving sides one and two goal head starts and we need to stop conceding so early now the the number of goals we've conceded early there's no real pattern to them either so it's a real difficult one to solve you know if you're if you're conceding loads from crosses from the right wing you can make a tactical kind of thing to to, to, to change that up but we've conceded set pieces, players bursting through the middle, worldies from the likes of Morgan Whitaker. Um, last week was a poor officiating decision um, and per- possibly the first one with the more foul on Morsey, certainly the second one with the blatant offside. So there's no real pattern to what we do in terms of the kind of goals we concede early. So it's a real difficult one that they're going to have to have to work out. But as we've said so many times before with Kieran McKenna, you have absolutely 100% faith that whatever the solution is that our untrained football eyes cannot see, he will know it. They will be working on it. 
and they will devise a plan to stop it. But I don't. We certainly won't stop the the whole kind of ethos and the way we play right. because it's served us so well. We will continue to pass out from the back. People around me in the cobbled will still kind of go, "Ooh, get rid of it!" Like they still do, but that's not how we play football anymore. And I guess having Kiefer Moore in the side gives you that option as well. If you do need to, there's no point at the weekend giving Caden Jackson grief because Slacky's not pinging it, you know, 50 yards down the pitch for him to flick on or chest down and bring others into play. That's that's not his game. With Moore in the side, I guess you do have that option sometimes as well. That if you're if you're caught short a little bit and the ball ends up with Wolfenden or Morsey or Clark in the fullback position and they need to go long, they have that option again because more yeah. is that focal point you need who can then bring others into play, hold the ball up and let you get further up the pitch, which we've not had since Boxing Day, whatever it was, 37th minute when George Hurst went off injured. Yeah, and let's be clear, if, if Ipswich score first, then this is a kind of a non, it becomes a non-issue again, doesn't it? It's just about to become a little bit of a, a pattern there. Do we do we establish whether you're bringing Sarmiento in or Broadhead, by the Broadhead, way? Broadhead, I went for, you being went a home game uh, and being the last couple of weeks, you know, the the, the like I said, the pre-assist at, I love the term pre-assist, the, the drop of the shoulder away at, at, at Preston and um, the good work involved for the Leicester equaliser. Mm. I'd have him in and have Sarmiento as the impact player off the bench at 65, 70 minutes. And maybe as as we've said before, maybe he's a home and a home and away player. And yeah, very much so. Also looking for big games from Chaplin and Burns. I think it's important they have yeah. big games. We we discussed Burns as a big game player so many times last season. He would always pop up with a goal when it mattered. I do remember he got in behind Connor Townsend a couple of times, didn't he, at the um at the Hawthorns game back in November. So potentially that could be another area of exploitation and put this hoodoo to bed about his haircut. And also Connor Chaplin as well. I know he he kind of scored against Sunderland, but he's not really been at it that long and he can sometimes go missing away from home so being a home game I'd like to see a big performance from him as well uh, um, Kiefer Moore being in the team helps facilitate that yeah than Caden Jackson isn't it so yeah, yeah. Um, some good debate about the level of international training versus uh, league training at Playford Road and our, our mate Dan um, not only talking about that but remi- uh, telling us um, that it's now goal creating action Seb rather than <laughs> thanks Dan so thank you Dan for, um, for setting us straight on that one um any other thoughts on team selection? Get them in, folks, if we've missed anything obvious. Um, stick a cue at the start of it. We'll come back to those in a bit. But um, I've got a um, blow load of smoke up Chris Rand's ass, um, which is going to be lovely for him. Uh, so here's the predictions feature. <laughs> Two things happened last week, Seb. I had... Three things I, happened. Well, three. You're two first, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, and you were you were involved too. You you played along too. Um, I tried to manifest silly results like Southampton drawing at Rotherham and the like, um, and that backfired spectacularly. And Chris Rand plucked five correct results out of well. I assume by great research, I was about to do him a disservice and say from thin air, but I suspect he's a very learned man. And presumably, he won't be joining us moving forward. And he's now axed from the. Yes, feature. I was going to say, yeah, I thought so. He's, right. got, he's yeah. gone top, Seb. He's gone top by four points. Telegram. Yeah. Look at that. Um, but the rounds is what counts. If Craig was here, it's points per game or rounds or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, but fair play, Chris. That is really impressive. Um, almost as as impressive, almost as crap as my four points from last week. But yeah, you d- you got doubled my points tally, Seb. Usually enough right, to win it. Patronizing. Oh, I'm saying usually it's enough to win it, but not this week. Not with not with Rando. Um, <laughs> so he's gone. Yeah, Get he's got two more weeks. I'm bricking it. Um, but. Um, I, I suspect there'll be a massive coup in Telegram to make him do it for the rest of the season. What's made it even worse, <laughs> my confidence level is at an all-time low, 
you and I have a lot of similar predictions this week. So, so I'm do not we? Feeling, yeah, I'm not feeling confident. Um, right, okay. No, I know. Uh, is there? Is Chris in the chat? Hopefully he's still in the chat. Um, do take a, a digital bow somehow, Chris. You know, uh, we want to give you some respect for that. So, um, so did he get point. five correct results or five correct yeah, scores? Five percent. Sorry, five correct score lines. So wow. three three points each for those, I think, and then wow. uh, and then a bonus point, I think, for a correct outcome. I think Fair that's play. right. So well, yeah, he's a gambling man. Fair play. Yeah, well, he put a load of one. He was gonna. I think he put an acker on his one-one predictions the week before. I wish he'd stuck with those. But hey ho, let's have a look and see what we're saying. A little bit more of an interesting week of fixtures, Seb, than last week. Um, anything catching your eye? I mean, there's a lot of home. Oh, yeah, you've copied rankings. me on pretty much all of them. I know. Well, no, I did not do that. And if I was going to copy from anyone, who am I? I'd be copying off Chris if I was copying off anyone, wouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and we're not feeling positive about anyone dropping points around us, are we, this weekend? No, it's, it's gimmies this week, isn't it? It's, you know, we were saying Leeds last night playing at Plymouth. That might go against them. The long trip, the extra time. But then I looked at the fixtures and saw it's Rotherham going to Ellen Road on the weekend. So, okay, it's a bit of a Yorkshire derby, but we've both gone 4-0 to Leeds. Chris has gone for a 2-0 victory. So none of us are expecting any favours there off, off of Rotherham. And likewise, just when you want Southampton, hopefully, to kind of have a, a Leicester or somebody tricky to come up against there. They're playing Huddersfield. So, albeit they won 4-0. Last weekend, have a new manager, but again, you and me have both gone for the same score score line three nil to to the Saints. So it is kind of complete gimmies this weekend for the the two sides directly above us, isn't it? Yeah, and I nearly forgot our game last week, but let's go to our game now. I'm I've gone for a draw. I just I have a weird. We had to bring the energy and be upbeat, and we're unbeaten in the league in 2024 at home. That's why you and Chris are involved because you're bringing you know the positivity. Chris is going for a one nil, which actually is probably a good shout because I think they lost one nil to Borough, one nil to Swansea um, of late. You've gone for a two one. You think there'll be you know our usual goal conceded? Talk to us about your logic there and give us some work. And who's going to score, Seb? Uh, Keith Moore will score. Um, I'm very, very confident of that. And I'd like to see Al Hamadi score off the bench as well. I thought he was unlucky on the weekend. He fired that one straight at the keeper, which Moore ended up putting home. But he looked he looked really lively. So yeah, I'd like Keith Moore to get open the scoring. Al Al Hamadi to get the uh, to get the second off the bench. And I just think we will concede because it's what we tend to do. Crucially, we can't concede first. So a nice kind of consolation for them, not to make it nervy, but to get ourselves in a in a winning position before we we let one in. If, like we said several times this podcast, if we do concede first, if if we do concede early, it's going to be a bit of a slog. Yeah, but then some you think one one, so you're you're not overly confident, no? I yeah, I just think West Brom probably are gonna shut up shop a little bit, I think. And that might frustrate. Do so you think us, we'll struggle to break them down? Maybe. I think that's the only thing I was thinking about, really. I don't think I think Corbron likes the maths around four points against Ipswich, you know, two points a game against any team. If you add that up, it's a I think it's like ninety six ninety two points i forget what it is with the maths um i think you're quite you know, given the crap away record as well seb you know all those defeats on the road i think you'd quite fancy a point so i think you see us scoring point. first though i i haven't really thought much beyond it but it being really tight i think the question is whether Kiefer Moore can bring out the best in the likes of Broadhead if he plays or chaplin yeah. because if we are back to our all singing all dancing best and let's be honest we I said this on the show with Gab. We won the second half against Preston. I mean, you get absolutely naffle for for that, but it's a 2-0 second half, isn't it, with that team? Um, so who knows? Anything's possible, really. Um, I'm just hedging my bets, really, after a 
really tough week last week at the predictions. Um, so no room for sentimentality, but you guys are going for the wins. So that's that's all we need. Let's have a butcher's what the chat says as well, Seb. But we've got a few questions as well, which is great. Um uh, 2 0 says Philip going in there first. Town win 2 0. Um um, what else have we got? Another 2 0 from Paul Smith. Burgess, Broadhead, and more to start. Uh, he's given us the, the team. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I figured here. Win and score a penalty. I'm not sure he's a penalty. Well, maybe he is. Um, Chaplin to score is due one as well. Neil's going for 3 1. Um, Rob, if we can just match those two ahead of us. As we say, the fixtures aren't particularly helpful in that respect. Um, Charlie's going for matching my 1 0. <laughs> Eric's gone for a 6 1. Why not? Um, Neil uh, can see Al Hamadi. Bag in one. Uh, Chaplin wants... Uh, there's a lot of uh, goal-scoring work in here, which I love. Uh, what have we got here from Rob? Dropping deep against isn't going to work as well now as we have Kiefer. Um, so, yeah, interesting thought there. Nick, 3-0. Early goal to set on the nerves from Chaplin. A more second early after half time. Oh, that'd be lovely. <laughs> there you go. Um, Michael, um, he's gonna he's gone for a 4-2 oh, loss. Michael, no. Well, two early Sun's goals. got to you. And they will... <laughs> Park the bus. Uh, AD's going for a 2-1. Uh, Rob's going for a 3-1 after going one down again. Um, there you go. Um, we've got a team from Neil as well. Um, but Trevor, we have to be on the front foot from the start. Yep. He's going 2-1. Um, yep. Rich has gone for a 3-1. Burns double. And Al Hamadi. A lot of love for Al Hamadi in the chat. Um, he was really good when he, when he, yeah, he was really good when he came off the bench, I thought. He put himself about. He was in there for the equaliser. He looked a handful. So, yeah, a lot, lot of love for him. Uh, Streaky 94, Town win and Leeds and Saints to draw. Leicester to lose. I've <laughs> had a tenner on it. Good for you. Manifesting it, Streaky. Uh, the drinks will be on you if that happens, though, I suspect. And let's have a look at the questions as well before we uh, say goodbye to the predictions feature for one more week. Oh, Elliot, question for Rich. How much better have you slept now the transfer window slams shut? P.S. Never uh, never let you into the rumours heard again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, Elliot tried to give me some deaf info, said that turned out to be nonsense. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that we don't have to talk about it for another five, six months. Um, and I was really happy about being able to shut the match day chat as well on Sunday morning last week as well. Just routine. I like routine and I hate speculation. So the I'm in a much better place. all to have fun, folks. No, yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah, someone's got to be the bad cop structured fun structured fun no one gets hurt that's what we want and i'm happy to i don't care i'll be that person uh, <laughs> michael asks about travis seb uh, whether this might oh. be a game for him obviously we experimented with taylor at the away game um would you gamble not it's not really a gamble but would you experiment with travis it would make it more combative wouldn't it him and morsey against okay whose surname i can't remember how to say it properly and maui yeah that would certainly make it more of a more of a scrap i think and it is an area of the pitch that you might have to have to scrap and fight in i did say on the flagship show i wouldn't be that surprised if he was to come in uh, i think it'll probably be longer and more if i'm being honest but if travis was on the team sheet at 11 30 i wouldn't be surprised at all because he will add that kind of tenacity that bite that aggression that you might need against them to kind of stamp your authority in the middle of the pitch because the one thing we can't do is let them dominate like they did last time they dominated us physically in the middle they were kind of first to every ball and we we didn't lay a glove on them and that simply can't happen again yep uh, a couple of people asking about hutchinson did start i mean does hutchinson need to start seven until wes burns grows his hair back yeah how long will that take i've got no idea obviously you haven't but i've got well, no yeah. idea how long that will take for uh for, for for that ponytail man bun to kind of come back he didn't even have it when he joined us did he so i think it's the good 18 month kind of thing he has to he has to get through hutchinson's been decent in the last few weeks i do like him on that right hand side cutting back onto the left the 
goal-creating action for the second goal came from him with the cross to Leif Davis who knocked it back for Kiefer Moore. So, yeah, I wouldn't be up against that at all. I just I want a big performance out of Burns. He's, yeah. like many of them, since that Norwich game, I know he scored in that game, he's not really looked at it, hasn't he? And, yeah, he seemed on... Certainly on Saturday, there was a very much a, an unwillingness to try and beat his man and, and, and get a run on their left back. He just seemed to constantly kind of cut back and look to play in field. And he made a couple of poor decisions. So I'm really hoping for a big performance from particularly him and Connor Chaplin being back at Portman Road. Yeah, and if you're suggesting Broadhead starts as well, you've got, you've got the Welsh trio there. So yeah, yeah, this is a podcast that loves the phrase covalent bonds. So there's there's three Welsh covalent bonds right there. So hopefully it will bring out the best in Burns. We've got Nils giving us a team here. He's bringing Burgess back in. He's also bringing Travis in and he's bringing Hutchins in, but playing Burns. Um, so presumably Hutchinson's now left, I guess. Mm. Um, thoughts on that one, I think? Yeah, probably it's Travis and Burgess the question marks there, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Like I say, I'd probably go with Burgess given his, you know, his his, his physical uh, prowess that we're probably going to need. Hutchinson on the left, I'm not as fond of. I much prefer him on the I mean, right. You'd play Samienta, wouldn't you? If you're going to play, yeah. If, you, if you're not going to play Broadhead, Samienta will play instead of him. But I would go Broadhead being at Portman Road and just looked bright for the last few games. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna I'm gonna make a call for Samienta to start. I I like players playing against former clubs. I then I'll make a call, like I said, on the flagship. I'll make a call for Travis to start, like I did on the there flagship. There you go. I I want Sarmiento to score and not celebrate the goal. There you go, manifesting. And not um, celebrate it, why? Yeah, as in one of the, you know, when, when players play against their old clubs, you know, they, they don't celebrate, do they, and all that kind no, of stuff. No, I want a cup in the ears to the away fans. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I love that yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. We're over I an hour. The, I, didn't, I you put the non, didn't you put the non-celebration rule into I room 101 did, a couple actually, years ago? It's yeah. a shout. Uh, Steve Catchball, will the crowd make more noise than recently? I mean, this is... Not at 12.30, no. This is why we're bitching about the 12.30, Steve. I mean, it's, it's important. I mean, Maidstone doesn't really count because I think all of his expected not to have to make an effort in that game and the team would just do the work for us. Um, but yeah, I think the, the atmosphere is critical. It has to be. We've got to get behind the team, but 12.30, it's just... A struggle at 12.30, uh, isn't it? Especially yeah, if you're struggle. driving down from the north of England at stupid o'clock in the morning like we will be. So yeah, yeah. Um, Gary's asking about Walton. I think it's harsh on Ladke, isn't it? Nope. Yeah, no, like I said, two goals conceded in 18 months. I'll take that. Flacky is, is is critical to the way we play. Walton, it's not like he was amazing in the Maidstone game or the Fulham game, let's not forget. I know he's a very good keeper. He's better at Flacky in terms of, you know, aerial dominance and coming for the ball from set pieces, but he hasn't got the same ability in terms of the, the ball at feet, albeit last weekend aside, it went horribly wrong. So, no, for me, Flacky stays, signs a new contract. I think Walton probably gets his option triggered and he's probably sold in the summer sad that that's mm, yeah that's football isn't it um some suggestions here Wes could wear a wig says michael perhaps. that's a good idea yeah we'll do a do a whip round or we could pay for him to go to turkey and get a <laughs> transplant and can, can you do that on my one get one free i'll join you wes we'll, we'll go and get it sorted um uh, one more question before we uh, say goodbye so get your shout outs and uh, final predictions in before we say goodbye elliot when do you expect new deals new deals to be announced for players that are out of contract in the summer i thought we might have got some of those through the window seb well um, i guess the, the, the key and the like yeah Hladke, it sounds like it's there in talk so that, that should be relatively soon i would think as i said walton will get the option triggered danassi and aluko probably both get released don ball probably gets released caden jackson if he's got an option maybe you trigger it but in reality, El Hamadi is probably the replacement for him, so he might well go as well. I think the only other one then is going to be Cameron Burgess, who I'd be astounded if he didn't get a 
option triggered if we've got one or gets an extension you know you're not going to be looking to shift him on i don't think so yeah, yeah it'll be a clear out of the of the squad players i assume i can't remember what the likes of andaba el mazuni i think they might have right. options um so you probably trigger them to look to to bring in fees as well but yeah i think we all know you know dynastian's time is coming to an end aluko certainly is don ball is i think it's just the way the way it goes yeah, we move on, don't we? Um, thank yeah. you, everyone, for your predictions, your thoughts. Final shout-outs and stuff in the chat. Get it in now before we say goodbye. And we'll be back next week to see how many points Chris Rand has got in the predictions feature. I think it's my turn now to sign out, Seb, isn't it? After yeah, I pulled it out with Preston, didn't I? So it's over to you. So I'll, I'll mention uh, Breakfast Baps at the Greyhound from 9.30. I'll mention the flagship show... Sunday at 8pm with Ben, Dave and Joe. I'll mention our championship check-in with Gab. Uh, head over to our YouTube or our podcast channels to find that. Millwall post re- post-match reaction on Wednesday. Keep a lookout for that. And please give us a thumbs up before you say goodbye. Or if you're listening back, five-star rating. And let, let us know in the comments. If you're um, if you're listening to this on the way down on Saturday, um, just give us a tweet or something. Let us know you're there. Uh, we do love hearing about folk uh, listening to the pod on their way to the game. And NordVPN, link in the description, all that cool stuff. Uh, Seb, I'm going to put some stuff on the screen and then I'll let you say goodbye. As in, what? speak now, and I'll put some stuff. Oh, right, okay. I thought I thought that was a cue for me to read something off the screen. Oh, no. Thank you to everybody for getting involved in the chat. Uh, hopefully, see as many as we can um, at the Greyhound on Saturday, and then at Portman Road. Obviously, great great energy in the chat tonight. Thank you for that. We will see you next week for what's next week's away game? Is it Cardiff next week? Swansea, isn't it? Swansea. Yeah. Is it not back a week tonight for the Swansea preview? The Welsh derby. I'm involved in. Isn't it? Who is it? Is it not yeah, Rotherham next yeah. week? Is it Swansea? No, Swansea away? Yeah, Swansea away. Rotherham's in midweek. It's the rearranged cup game, Yay. isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. So back this time next week for the usual. And uh, Rich will now sign us out and uh, hopefully get a start of a, a signing out run going. Yeah, it'd be good, like last season. Yeah, thank everyone for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for the thumbs up on the Facebook as well. We see you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, as always, we're back here Thursday, 8 p.m., and then on flagship Sunday, 8 p.m. as well. We appreciate you giving us your evenings and your time. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to Richard as well for the super chat. Uh, appreciate you. He says, be loud for us in the countries yelling along with you. And in that vein, Cordy Blues! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.